Let's turn to Matthew's Gospel 28. Matthew chapter 28, sorry. I really believe the Lord wants to inscribe upon our hearts a vision tonight. And it's, it's, it's not a new vision. It's not some spectacular new revelation in that sense, but it is the reiteration of uh, a biblical vision that has been lost. You know, the Lord's really been speaking to me about, well, actually about William Branham. And the latter rain, folks, the latter rain movement, 1940s. And it's quite remarkable because I didn't know this. In fact, it was Lance Walnow that I learned this from. I never knew this. I probably knew it, but just the latter rain movement which was probably the most powerful manifestation of signs and wonders, gifts, healings. All they met Oral Roberts, although he wasn't part of Latter Rain, he came at the same time. Um, William Branham um, and all these guys, Hagen, he wasn't really part of it. But all these ministries came out of the of that time and era. And of course, we had Jack Cole, A.A. Allen, all these men. But guess where it began? Canada. It began in Canada. Um, that's where the, the father of the latter rain movement, a guy called George R. Houghton, um, and others, uh, he was one of the founding fathers of it, and it came out of a, a place in, uh, what's the name of it again? Um, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll find it later. <laughs> For, it's been in my mind. But it's, it was in a place called Sharon Orphanage. It began in a school, and it began in an orphanage. And um, Branham went there, and it just took off. It went like wildfire, went into America, went across the world. And, of course, need to say this, George R. Houghton was a man who believed we are Israel. Just to throw that one in. But the latter rain movement, well, they saw themselves as a remnant movement. Because what they thought was, the, the Pentecostal movement had become stale. That which came out of Azusa Street in the early Pentecostal uh, times of the early 20th century had become stale, had become an old wineskin. So the latter rain folks, they saw themselves as a remnant. Folks, they had the goods. They had the goods. Mighty miracles. You can still see things, uh, videos on YouTube from the latter rain. There's a lot of stuff you can access uh, the Latter Rain movement, but like other movements, it just kind of, it didn't really um, fade away, it just kind of morphed into other things. Some of the stuff that we're involved with today, in many respects, as a remnant uh, group, you could argue came out of Latter Rain, okay? So it, it's very exciting. Um, it, it went to America, a woman called uh, Myrtle Bean, eh, Beale, sorry, um, and, and Dr. Jean went to her church, came out of her church, and he's grown powerfully strong today in Texas. So, so the, the roots of it, and if you like, the branches of it are still in the earth today. 
And I believe it's pivotal to what we're going to be doing and we are doing right now in the remnant, and not just us, but other remnant groups throughout the earth, and particularly in America. But anyway, Matthew 28, and we'll read from verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Jesus has a mountain appointed for us. Amen. He, he, he told them to go to a specific mountain. And look what happened. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Folks, you, you hear it all the time. If I could only see Jesus, I'd never have any more doubts. If I could only see Jesus, I'd believe everything. <laughs> These guys saw Jesus, who was supposed to be dead, but was resurrected, but some doubted. There's always doubters. Amen? Don't be one of the doubters. Don't be one of the some doubted. Worship him. Maybe that was the key. See, it says they worshipped him, but some doubted. Maybe they weren't worshipping. Maybe they were just part of the thrill seeker, curiosity crowd. Oh, I wonder what's going on in that meeting. I wonder what's going on over there. Oh, let's go and see. And you know, that's not faith. We're talking about faith this morning. I actually put this morning's message um, up on the group, uh, Only Believe, that song that they sang at the Branham campaigns. Only believe, only believe all things are possible. If you'll only believe. The currency of God in the earth is faith, folks. And if you want to walk in these things, want to walk in the glory, you have to believe. Now look what Jesus said to them, because I'm, I'm getting off into other messages here. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There's two things we need to see here. First of all, if all authority has been given to Jesus, how much authority does the devil have? Zero. Do we remember that when we're under attack? That the person attacking us has no authority. Or the creature. And, and, and by the way, he doesn't like to be called a creature. That he's a created being. Okay? He, he, he went self-employed, but he's still created. So if, the, the devil has, if Jesus has all authority, the devil has no authority. But... That's the first thing to notice. Look at the, the second thing. This is so important, okay? Because this is where the disconnect happens. And this is where you'll find old wineskin thinking here. And you'll find religious thinking here. And you'll find powerless Christianity right here. Because it says all authority has been given to me in heaven. And every Christian goes hallelujah. But he also says and on earth. And that's a disconnect because a lot of Christians think, oh yes, when Jesus comes back, He'll have all authority. Oh, we long for that glorious day when he splits the skies and comes. That's religious junk. To say he will not have all authority until he returns. He has all authority on earth now. So let me ask you, what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is what we read, and when we read on, he says... Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Now, anybody will tell you, just reading this, that this is about power of attorney. If I say to you, listen, I'm, I'm going to go live in London, 
Yeah? Um, so if I say, uh, I'm going to London to, to, Karen, to all of you, and I say to Karen, who's the associate pastor, I'm off to London, go and look after the church. That means I've transferred the entire pastoral thing while I'm away to Karen. Doesn't it? So Jesus is about to go into heaven and he says, oh, I've got all authority. Now you guys go and make disciples of all the nations. What he's saying is, I'm transferring that authority that I have in heaven, not just on earth. This is the key thing as well, because you can read this and go halfway. You can say, oh, thank God, he's left his authority on earth to me. But that's not what he's saying. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Now you go and make disciples of all the nations. He's saying, I'm sharing my authority with you in heaven and on earth. Did we see that? Because here's the thing. If you have no authority in heaven, if your voice has no authority in heaven and you have no status in heaven, then you can't get heaven to back up your decrees on earth. Well, I've got power on earth, we've got authority on earth. And a lot of Christians think, and, and so again they go that halfway house, oh, we've got authority on earth. But no, he says, I've got authority. So what he's saying is, I am sharing my authority in heaven and on earth with you. Otherwise, why would you be seated with him in heavenly places? If you had no authority there. You're just going to be a spectator. You're just going to be gazing on as he has all authority and you have none. No. The, the entire purpose of the wondrous cross that we just sang about was so that he could share what he has with you and you walk with him as a joint heir. And you are a co-inheritor uh, with him. And you have the same authority with as him. Now, of course, he's Lord. He's our Lord. He is the one with the authority. But he shares it with us. Does that make sense? So, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Now, I say this to folks. I said it in the Bible college the other night. And I say it a lot. Do not just take... This wonderful preaching at face value, go and study it out for yourself. Okay? And you'll find as you Google this and look it up and study it out, this does not say make disciples from all the nations. That's not what it says. That's not what the Greek says, and that's not even what the English says. And if you study it out in the Greek, you will find and discover that without any question at all, what is meant here is discipling nations, not individuals. That's, that's how the Greek is structured. He's saying there, go and disciple the nations. Not make disciples from the nations, but make disciples of the nations. And the Greek means to bring to subjection, to bring under your authority. Okay, so what he's saying is, the mandate, there are two commissions Great commissions are called. One is in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. We've done well at that. 
We've done well at evangelizing. We've done well at soul winning and witnessing and all that stuff and street preaching. Get folks saved. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, there's your answer. Get folks saved. Get everybody saved. Then we'll all be happy. Kumbaya. Yeah, doesn't work. Never has. Why? Because unless you intentionally disciple nations, you can get as many folks saved as you want. Nothing will happen. Why? Because the same bams that are in power will still be in power. I'm using that Scottish word. Is that okay? <laughs> bams. You know, whatever. Wicked. Unrighteous. They'll still be in power. And they'll be still the ones making the laws. Now, if you get them saved, even then, because they're answering, many of these politicians, they're answering to people pulling their strings, so they're the real powers that be. The PTBs, Karen calls them. The real powers that be are the ones that tell the folks in Butte House and Downing Street and the White House and the Kremlin what they need to be saying and doing. So, until you defeat... Now, if you're discipling nations, you will automatically be discipling the rulers of those nations. As it, or when I say discipling them, what I mean is you'll either be kicking them out of power or you'll be bringing them under the subjection of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So that's what he's talking about here. And then he says something here, and you say, well, this must be about individuals baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit... And you think he's talking about water baptism. No, he's not. Because the only way to baptize a nation in water is to flood it. Amen? As in, you know, Noah's Ark. And we're not having that. We're not, we're not doing it. Sometimes you think, well, that's what's needed. And if you live in certain parts of the world, that's what happens quite frequently. But he's not talking about water baptism. Let me put it a way that you'll understand, because the word baptize means to immerse. Or we, I like this word, engulf. Engulf the nations, he's saying, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is engulf them in the faith. Engulf them in the gospel. Engulf them in the kingdom message. Engulf them in the message that Jesus is Lord. Teaching them to observe. Teaching who? Again, the subject is nations. Teaching the nations. Well, let, let's just read it this way. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, or disciple all nations. Baptizing the nations in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. Or immerse, engulf, inundate, flood the nations. With the gospel message, with the word of the Lord, with the glory of God. We're going to look at that. He says, teaching the nations to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, folks, let me ask you, why did they call Scotland the land of the book and the people of the book? Because Scotland was engulfed with the word of God. Scotland was engulfed with the spirit of God. Scotland was engulfed with fire. Scotland ablaze. Scotland was engulfed with the glory of God. Just like Wales was back in uh, the, the time of Evan Roberts. So we need that. And it's, it's supposed to be all nations. Well, let's start with ours. 
Now, I want to show you something. That's Jesus' instruction to his church. Is it still his instruction today to you and I? We weren't on that mountain. But is it still his instruction? As long as it's in the, the Bible, it's still a message to us, isn't it? It's more needed today than it was back then. Amen? Would you say that? I can prove it to you from God's Word. Revelation chapter 18, because I want to show you something. Um, at Revelation 18, and let's just read from verse 21. Then a, a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found any more. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. In other words, normal has been cancelled. Normal life, going to concerts, yeah, going to, going to clubs, going to pubs, and, and listen to music, yeah? Because music, you know, let me ask you, did you ever go to any of these places there was no music? Amen? Music makes the atmosphere, doesn't it? So he's saying, it's not going to be heard anymore. The sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. In other words, what he's saying is, business has ended, trade has ended, commerce has ended, manufacturing has ended. Sounds like Scotland 2022 to me. Especially under the SNP, Amen? The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore because the, the, these uh, buildings will be boarded up. Did we see a lot of boarded up buildings? Yeah, I know it doesn't say that, but you don't see lights in boarded up windows, do you? See how accurately Scripture prophesies. Because Revelation 18 is the end of the age, which we're living in. And the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. Well, there's a whole bunch of different interpretations for that. Because, you know, a man marrying a woman in 2022, come on. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> but look at this. For your merchants, and that word merchants literally means tycoons or billionaires. Were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, which we know to be in the Greek pharmakia, all the nations were deceived. Okay. So, here we have a program going on. This is what I want to show you. This is what the Lord showed me. Whatever the devil does is the 180 degree opposite of what God does or the counterfeit of what God does. Counterfeit is a French kind of term meaning to countermake, to make something opposite to something. Uh, we, we understand it as a counterfeit as something that's meant to look like something but it's actually not that thing. Notice here that this program of pharmacia, of sorcery, and by the way, sorcery means to, to speak spells. Notice how you don't have sorcery or spell making without your speech being involved. And it says that the pharmacia, we know what that is, 
Um, and and, and it's, listen, it's not just a recent thing. This has been going on now for decades. That's why the old-time Pentecostals or Pentecostals, they used to decry a lot of what was going on in the medical world because they saw this happen. They saw sorcery. Um, and they went extreme with it. But you know what? In this day and age, you can't blame them. Uh, and it says here, oh, sorry, I've just lost my place. For by uh, the sorcery, all the nations were deceived. In other words, there's a program. Watch this. There's a program. Listen to this. There's a program to engulf or immerse or flood the nations with something that is a deception, therefore a counterfeit. And, you know, if it's a counterfeit, that means there must be a true and a genuine. So in other words, why has the devil been flooding the nations with sorcery, with pharmacia, with the counterfeit, because he knows that the true is coming. Very often the counterfeits of Satan, he sends them beforehand because he has limited intelligence of what's coming. And so that's why we spoke about latter rain movement. And what happened in the latter rain movement? Well, it was a great wave of healing came and a great wave of salvation came and deliverance and so on in 1948. Just after the Second World War. Amen? Amen. So, and, and of course the First World War happened right after the Pentecostal outpouring. So the devil uh, in each generation sees what God is up to. If he can get in first, he will. But even if he can't get in first, he'll try and get in after. And of course, after the Second World War, what happened? In the First World War, Spanish flu. And much of the same protocols that we have today. Because the devil can't come up with an original. So what we have to understand, folks, is the time and the seasons and to see what, 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 and when we focus though on what the devil's doing and we don't understand why he's doing what he's doing, we miss what God is doing. And very often to understand what God is doing, we just need to look at what the devil's doing. He's flooding the earth. He's immersing the nations. He's engulfing us all in his pharmacia, his sorceries. Why is he doing that? Because Jesus stood on a mountain and said, go and flood the earth with my word. Do you see that? Now, that commission hasn't changed. That mandate to do that hasn't changed. And there's a reason why Jesus didn't just say, you know, I've come up with this great idea since I've been on the earth. Wouldn't it be a great thing if we just flooded the earth with a gospel message? Folks, it's all throughout the new, sorry, the old covenant. And that's what we're going to look at. Because this plan of God, you know, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. Any secrets that the Lord has, he has them, he hides them for us, not from us. But you know, the best place to hide a secret is in the Bible. 
as folks don't read the Bible. Amen? So if you, if you want to know the secret things of God, known only to him are the great hidden secrets. If you want to know his secrets, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And folks that don't fear him ain't going to open this book. But we open the book because we know what it, because we know that it has stuff for us in it. And so much of it is the end of the age. Have you noticed that? And there are things that God says that as time goes on, as we approach the end of the age, and he's just said, I'll be with you till the end of the age. When we come near the end of the age, the, the stuff that's in here makes more and more sense, becomes clearer. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 11. I just want to look at some verses, just pick some verses out. Um, I don't want to read just verses for the sake of it, because I want to get into where I, the verses that I believe the Lord wants to highlight to us. Verse 9 says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy men. It's not God's will that people be hurt. It's not God's will that people be destroyed. And so, anything that comes against God's will is a deception. Remember how we looked at, was it last week we looked at uh, the words of Paul on Ludgate Hill? Where he says, fountain shall be opened, there'll be no more plague. See, that's God's will. I believe that. That's what they believed in the latter rain movement. That's why I mentioned them. They, they just believe God wants to obliterate all sickness. I believe that standing here tonight, folks. And I invite you to believe that with me because I believe Scripture is full of that being His will. No more sickness, no more pain. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. You see, the reason why we've had the sorcery and the reason why we've had the plague and the reason why we've had all of this ad nauseum now, and, and of course that means to the point of making us sick. The reason we've had all that is because the devil doesn't like that which is coming and this is coming. No hurt, no destruction, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more plague, no more sickness. I'm talking about a culture. I'm talking about a paradigm. I'm talking about a generation. I'm talking about uh, this flood in the earth that, you know, if you go to the death cult, You'll end up worse than when you went in. That's what the Dowies and these men taught. And people thought, they're off their head, I need the doctor. But they didn't need the doctor, they needed the Holy Ghost. They needed the anointing. They needed the power of God. They needed the touch. He touched me. He touched me. And all oh, the joy that filled my soul. That's what they needed. That's what we need today, folks. We all are grapes and grumblings and complaints and pains and sorrows and sicknesses and oh well, it's just because I'm getting old. <laughs> now I understand this is an easier message to accept when you're young and healthy, 
But you know, a lot of folks are young, but they're not healthy. And listen, if this is not the truth, throw this in the bin. He's not, I'm not suggesting it's not the truth. What I'm saying is, it's time we believed his word. It's time we actually had faith. We were speaking about faith this morning. Only believe. It's time, you say, well, I don't have that type of faith. Well, it's available. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing good preaching at church of the remnant. Faith cometh by putting God's word in your mouth and decreeing it until you're fed up decreeing it and then breaking through that barrier and keep decreeing it until you're no longer fed up because you're, you're bouncing up and down. You see, we sometimes start off, I'll do my affirmations, I'll do my decrees, I'll do my confessions of faith. And you know, and you say, oh, it's hard. It's hard because the devil knows if you do that, you'll break through to a place he can't touch you. And, it, and you'll not hurt, or, and there'll be no hurt or destruction in you. See, my holy mountain is Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is where we are. The great cloud of witnesses. Amen. And you know what? I believe John G. Lake is looking down and going, wish I lived in that generation. I believe John Alexander Dow is looking down and going, just think of the cities I could have built if I was in 2022. I believe Wigglesworth and the Jeffries brothers are looking down and saying, wish I lived in the Britain that Bill McMurdo lived in. Why did I have to be born when I was born, Lord? Yeah? Because this is the generation they shall not hurt nor destroy nor my holy mountain. Watch this. Watch this. How can that happen? How can that happen then? What's the trigger? What, what makes it happen? He's saying them that there'll be no hurt. There'll be no destruction. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So something has to happen to make this real. Not just something we aspire to. Oh, it's a great dream. I had a vision, Lord, and I've had dreams and visions of this time that's coming. But how do we step over into it? But look what it says. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For, in other words, because. For means because, doesn't it? We're going through to the hall after this meeting. For there will be tea and toast. Because there will, so for means because. What's the cause of there being no more hurt, no more destruction? And, and look, it doesn't say there'll be no hurt or destruction in the earth. See that? doesn't say that there'll be no hurt or destruction in the earth. It says in all my holy mountain. In other words, you need the holy mountain. If you don't have the holy mountain, then you can't expect the results of no hurt and destruction. But he says, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You ever been on a boat in the sea? The best, the best time to do this is actually at night. But you can do it any time. You've been on a boat in the sea, way out, in a proper sea, you don't mean, you know, the River Clyde or something. Where you can't see land. And it's just water. 
And you don't know how deep it is, but you know it's very deep. And there's nothing to be seen except sea. He says, in this word and other places, it's actually said quite a few times in the Old Testament, that the earth will be full of the knowledge of the glory. You see, we, we treat not a glory as, oh well, you never know when God's going to show up. You know, well, there's a glory cloud in the meeting. And uh, the glory came. But it's almost like we can, we can never grasp it. We can never, it's like some kind of, almost like Casper the Friendly Ghost type thing. You, know, Ooh, you never know what God's going to do. But he says the knowledge of the glory. In other words, it's something that you can know. And something that you can know means there's a science to it. Amen? So it means that you can function in it because it's Holy Ghost technology. It's glory technology. Technology, you know, I, I can get in my car and drive away and just think, well, all I need to do is turn the ignition and I'm off. But a mechanic could tell me every part of how the car works. Amen? You don't need to know it. You don't even need to know how your kettle works. You just press the switch. But an electrician and an engineer could tell you the working parts, how it works, how, how it gets to 100 degrees centigrade. you understand? Because there's a technology to it. There's a knowledge you can have about these things in any art, any science, any engineering, all of it. If you pay the price to get that knowledge, you can function in that technology. Whether it's music, whether it's uh, plumbing, whether it's electrician, whether it's carpentry. You can function in technology when you have the knowledge of how it works. And he says the earth's going to be full of the knowledge of the glory. And that means that everybody's going to know that, that, that the answer is in the glory, folks. The answer isn't in the QEU, whatever it is, H hospital and consultant so-and-so, and doctor so-and-so, and surgeon so-and-so, and the pharmacist. In other words, the pharmacist is the last place you're going to go because you've got superior technology. And that knowledge is knowledge of the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. So you know, and you don't need somebody to teach you, or, or listen, you don't need somebody to lay hands on you. That's baby stage. You know, it, it's, you get to a stage where, you know, the devil's trying to attack me with sickness, so I know how to deal with that. The glory. Amen. So he's saying here, there's going to come a time, I believe this, he's saying they'll not hurt and destroy in all my holy mountain. Because the mountain is where the glory is. And the mountain will invade the seven mountains of culture. In terms of cultural invasion, intentionality, that's what I'm teaching at Bible College right now, the intentionality of invading the seven mountains of culture, but also there'll be a physical invasion. Uh, and listen, you are an invasion because the glory's in you. The glory's on you, so wherever you go, you're invading what, what is never really actually, but has come to be known as secular space. Secular space um, is that Greek mindset of, well, that's over here, that's, that's real world stuff, 
And over here is where all you religious freaks hang out, where it's all about God. And, but you know, that's not a Hebraic mind, mindset. That's a Greek mindset. That's a devilish mindset, folks. Because there is no such thing as secular. There's no such thing as secular space. All the earth, and you know the Bible says, the earth is full of the glory of the Lord. It doesn't say the earth will be, it says it is. And you know why we don't see it? Because it's not been activated. That's one thing the Lord has impressed upon me many, many, over many years. The latent glory all around us that sometimes you get wee glimpses of. And you do get it in what we call creation, a sunset or a mountain scene, but it's not even that. You can get glimpses of glory in the most mundane places. But not when, we, not when you run those places down. Not when you say, oh, that place is a dump. Or worse, yeah? When you say that, you curse that place. But by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. But it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He's not saying wicked as in unsaved. He's saying it's wicked to speak a curse on a place when you can speak a blessing on it. When you can use your mouth to prophesy. And you are going to the roughest, toughest, darkest places you can. And let me tell you something you'll find out if you do a bit of study. And this is, this is absolutely the truth. I could even name you several. don't have time, but I could name you several places where this is so. Is it very often the places where the greatest darkness is today are places that are capped wells of revival in times past where the glory manifested and the devil came in and shut it all down capped the well and and brought as much darkness as he could into places but you know in fact this very area here is where mungo pre preached saint mungo who founded the city and, and look how dark it became over, the, over the, the centuries. But he says here, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full, full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. He's not talking in our thinking, a little bit of a dab of glory here and a little smattering here. Oh, there's a little smattering of glory there. Isn't it wonderful? No. As the waters cover the sea, which means unfathomable depths of glory. You don't know when you're on that boat how deep the water is under, but you know it's deep. But it's unfathomable to you. And he's saying, I'm going to cover the earth with glory that you will not be able to measure how deep it goes. Are you going to walk in that? You're going to, you're going to sail in that? You're going to swim in that? You know, it's not anymore about it's up to your ankles, it's up to your thighs. It's up to your chest. It's like Ezekiel's vision where the water's coming out from under the temple. The further away you go, you'll be, it'll be over your head. You'll be swimming in it. You'll be, folks, engulfed. Engulfed. Immersed. In other words, immersed means always your whole body is covered. That's why when you're baptized, you know, it might be nice to have got the wee dab in your head when you were a baby from Reverend so-and-so or Father so-and-so or somebody, you know, the wee sprinkle. But folks, you need to be baptised, immersed 
in water. And folks, we're, we've also, some of us have been immersed, baptized in the Holy Ghost. But you know, there's a baptism of fire and there's a baptism of glory that's coming. That's what he's saying. He's saying what the devil is doing in the earth right now is really just to try and put off what I'm going to do. And also, the devil has this counterfeit thing, doesn't he? The, the devil has this counterfeit thing of uh, he has an injection program, but we have an immersion program. Amen. Amen? So the answer is get more chemicals in your body. If you're in the sorcery system, and the answer in the Lord is be immersed in the glory when you're in the program of Zion. Now Habakkuk talks about it as well. He says the same thing. We'll look at that. Um, if you turn to Habakkuk, if you can find it. <laughs> it's page 1560 if you're looking for it. <laughs> Amen. Now watch this, watch this. Um, he says here, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse, watch this, look, look what he said, let's just read into it a little bit. He's talking about all these woes on the wicked, okay? And this is, I mean, Habakkuk's got some famous verses, I will uh, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Did you know that the, that the Lord prophesied the iPad? Write it on your tablet. Amen? And even your smartphone is a, is a small tablet, isn't it? So you see, it's all in the Word. It, pro it prophesies the, uh, the, the, the smartphone uh, world. And you know what he says as well? Look at this verse 3. The vision is yet for an appointed time. What are you talking about? Tablets, Habakkuk. Or Hab to those who knew him. What are you talking about? Tablets. But it's yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And then he starts talking about the proud. Then he's way down here. This is chapter 2, verse 12. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. Well, that's what they're doing. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies, that the peoples labor to feed the fire, and nations weary themselves in vain, or in futility, or in vanity? He's saying the nations are... In futility. Why are they in futility? Because they're following the program of Antichrist. Then he says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The Lord says this quite a few times. And what he's really saying is, do what you want. Um, just keep going. Keep up with your programs, your plans, your initiatives. Do whatever you want to do. But know this. There's coming a time 
when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. No matter what you do, remember I said to you about that whistleblower that had come up with the, uh, he'd been asked by the, the globalist elites to, to look at all the different scenarios, computer models and so on, because they had run these things and they were told, you're going to lose, you're going to lose, you're going to lose, because awakening is coming, the people are going to awake, and, and, and God's going to move. And this whistleblower, who was their go-to guy, and he ended up changing sides, because he ran the models, he looked at all the data and said, you cannot win. Evil cannot win. Good will triumph, awakening is coming, the kingdom of God is going to over, overcome you all. Folks, it doesn't matter what they do. But your job and mine is to believe these words and to speak them and say, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to flood Scotland. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is coming to the British Isles. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is coming to the nations. And you know, I like to say it's coming through Scotland. Hallelujah. Amen. But I don't care really where it comes from. You know, right now it's coming out of Canada. I believe that. Just like it came in the latter rain movement, there's a, there's a truth thing going on in Canada, isn't there? Yes. All these truckers keep on trucking. Amen. And we're trucking here in Scotland for the Lord. Because the glory, look what it says, and, and, and Big Dave, uh, Davey, who, who you've not really uh, met, but he's on the group, he likes to get into Habakkuk chapter 3 and talk about this. Verse 3, God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Then it says Salah. What does Salah mean? Think on this. Teman and Mount Paran are terms for Edom, and Edom is the ancient enemy of Israel. And it's Edomites who are behind what's going on today. Spiritual and otherwise. Okay? We'll leave it there. His glory, his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. You see, that's the future for planet Earth. Oh, but there's going to be a great falling away. Oh, the Antichrist is... Maybe, somewhere, but not here. Amen? Not here, as, because let me tell you why not here. Because God will deal with a nation according to his remnant in that nation. And I want to say something to you, okay? And I'm not bragging when I say this. I have stood here, and I'm bringing this to a close quickly, folks. But I have stood here in this very spot and said many times, not just in our remnant meetings, but in other meetings that we have here, including Arise Scotland, that Canada was one of the haven nations. The Lord showed me Canada is a haven nation. Canada will not succumb to Antichrist. And when I said that, Canada was one of the worst, along with Australia, and Cam prayed for Australia recently, and New Zealand, all these places, all these places where the devil is doing his worst right now, he will fall the hardest there, and they will be haven nations just like Great Britain, just like Scotland, just like Glasgow. We will have haven nations from all that mess that's out there, that antichrist system, it can happen out there. We're not wanting it to happen. We're not giving it permission to happen. But what we are doing is we're not allowing it to happen here and in the places, the nations that 
God has purposed to behave in nations from the Babylonian system. So Babylon's going to fall in Scotland. Babylon's going to fall in the United Kingdom. And thank God it's fallen right now in Canada. Amen. And America. I believe that. His glory covered the heavens, the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand. That word means rays of power. It's something almost out of a science fiction book. But it's not fiction. It's truth. Rays of power flashed from his hand. And there his power was hidden. Folks, you need to be acquainted with the right hand of God. That's why Jesus is at the right hand of God. That's why you're seated with him there. Because that's where the power is. That's where the dunamis is. And that's where the authority is. The right hand of God. And the right hand of God is with us as remnant people. And with this nation, his hand has delivered us many times. And it will deliver us again. Before him went pestilence and fever followed at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and startled the nations. The everlasting mountains were scattered. Scattered the perpetual hills bowed. I've said this before, I think, but if not, I'll say it again. The place on earth, the very first place on earth ever where they weighed the earth, measured the weight of the earth. The very first place was Mount Shehalgin. Mount Shehalgin was the place where they measured the earth. And I've said it before, if you take the chayr out of the word Shehalgin, you're left with Sion. Oh glory, I preach myself happy. Amen. The glory. That's what we're looking at. I'll actually close with this. Did I say I'm going to close? Forgive me for lying. Let's look at this very quickly before we... (laughs) Isaiah chapter 60. It's only 50 minutes. I've got another 90 to go. Isaiah 60. We'll we'll close with this. We will close, I promise you, with this. Isaiah chapter 60. Look at this. Now, everybody will tell you, the people that matter, that is, the good preachers, Bill Johnson, guys like that, Peter Wagner, all these guys, they they all teach and talk that Isaiah 60, in fact, Ian Clayton says Isaiah 60 is for Scotland. Isaiah 60, look what it says. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord Yahweh will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. That's the same thing as the knowledge of the glory covering the earth, isn't it? As the waters cover the sea, he's saying, there's an end time, people, that the glory will rise on. And it tells us, Paul says in Corinthians, you know, we're like mirrors of the glory. So we are the people who carry the glory And that means wherever we go, the glory fills the earth. But you know, you have to activate that glory, folks. You're not going to activate it watching EastEnders. Amen. And reading the people's friend. Or or worse, reading, uh, you know, all these uh, trashy novels. Do you understand? You have to be in the book. You have to be in the presence. You have to meditate the word. You have to get up 
and do your decrees. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. Well, that's when you need to do them the most. Because you have to be a disciple. And you know, I, I didn't talk tonight about Father and Nations. Didn't continue the series, but it's all the same thing. Maturity. Only mature saints are going to carry the glory in a manifest way. And he says here, the nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. You know, I'm waiting for that testimony from Jane Marie when she has that conversation or conversations with Nicola. Amen. And others of you better be prepared to be bumping in accidentally, coincidentally, ha-ha, to national leaders, maybe even international leaders. Because we're sent to kings as well as we're sent to nations. Amen. Anyway, I have to leave it there. I know you want me to keep going for at least another hour and a half. But praise the Lord. Folks, it's so important for us to grasp this, that God has a plan or God has a program God has, God has set this up from before the foundation of the earth. You know, it's the devil that's reacting. It's not the Lord. The Lord isn't reacting to what the devil's doing. It's the opposite way around. Okay, God had plans in eternity that Satan knew nothing about. And he still doesn't, you know, Satan doesn't hang around Holy Ghost meetings to listen to the good preaching because he can't stand it. So a lot of this is still... A big mystery to him. But he knows enough to say, well, if I do this and I do that, I can maybe stop it. I can maybe delay it. I can maybe, you know, get a few people off track. Folks, this is coming down the line. And nothing can stop it. Just like nothing, it's just like the, the truckers going into Ottawa. Nothing can stop this. Amen. This is coming. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to flood the earth, is already beginning to flood the earth. We're, we're the, the, the spear point of that. Amen. We really are. You, you, you see, you know, you look around, you know why God chose Israel? He tells us. Think about this. He chose Israel because Israel was the smallest and the least of the nations. So he'd got all the glory. And I, I believe tonight the Lord's saying that to us as a remnant. You might be few, you might be small in number, you might be, you know. Uh, uh, I'm up the crew. But that's why I chose you. So I'll get all the glory. And God will deal with a nation according to his remnant in that nation. We are his remnant. There are others. Thank God for them. But I'm going to say this. Um, lots of them have still to come and get saved yeah. and that's, that's, that's the next phase pray them in pray them through because we need folks to be part of that great harvest that is a manifestation of this the glory of the Lord flooding the earth Amen, Lord bless you folks